Mark your calendars! The ADCES 24 Annual Conference parades into New Orleans August 9-12, through 12, 2024. Registration opens March 26, but you can start planning your trip now. Get ready to seize opportunities to connect, learn, and optimize your diabetes care and education practice. Stay tuned for updates at adces24.org. Hello, and welcome to AADE's podcast, The Huddle, Conversations with the Diabetes Care Team. In each episode, we speak with guests from across the diabetes care space to bring you perspectives, issues, and updates that elevate your role, inform your practice, and ignite your passion. I'm Kirsten Yale, the Research Manager at AADE. In today's episode, I'm talking with author, spokesperson, and diabetes care and education specialist, Hope Warshaw, about peer support, the topic of AADE's new perspectives and practice paper. She'll share some practical information on how you can use peer support to complement the care you provide, introduce useful assessment tools found in the paper, and illustrate how you can adapt and individualize the information to fit the needs of your particular practice setting and clients. Without further ado, here's my interview with Hope. Welcome to the huddle. I'm delighted to be here. And we are delighted to have you, especially as we're talking about this topic of peer support in diabetes care. Uh, you know, I have been hearing a lot of buzz about the value of peer support as relates to uh, like improving clinical and behavioral outcomes. And I thought about, you know, kicking this off and starting the conversation with maybe you can help us define really what is peer support in this space? Sure. And I think that's an important starting point because the concept of peer support is still relatively new. And I think many people with diabetes, as well as healthcare providers, aren't aware of peer support in general and specifically in the area of diabetes care, which is what we're so focused on. Um, so to date, I would say there are a couple of definitions of peer support. One is from an American Medical Association-initiated program called Peers for Progress that's been in existence for a number of years. The program is now based at the University of North Carolina's Gilling School of Public Health, and it's coordinated by a leading researcher in the diabetes area, Dr. Ed Fisher. And this is a global program. Um, this is a rather lengthy definition, so I'll try to run through it fairly quickly. Um, peer support is about linking people who have a chronic condition, such as diabetes, to share knowledge and experiences. They say this peer support should be frequent, ongoing, accessible, and flexible. The support is provided by a person who has knowledge from their personal experiences, for example, of having diabetes or caring for a person with diabetes. It's important for diabetes care and education specialists and other healthcare providers delivering diabetes care to note that peer support complements and enhances other healthcare services. It doesn't replace it. So the Peers for Progress, one more detail, states that peer support can include assistance with daily diabetes management, to provide social and emotional support, 
It may offer links to clinical care and community resources, and it provides ongoing support or ongoing diabetes support. But I'd like to go to a much simpler definition um, that is from Dr. Michelle Lichman, who is a co-author on the new AADE Perspectives and Practice paper that we'll talk about. And she has done work in this area research on peer support. And she defines it as the interaction, education, and support offered by peers with the same condition to promote health-enhancing change. So I think that's a very concise definition of peer support. Yeah, it sounds like these definitions are based on this linking and connecting, maybe in this um, this environment where we're in right now, that people are moving more away from these um, social interactions. So this linking and connecting is providing maybe a basis for health and health care. Am, am I on the right track there? Well, you know, I would think of it as that I think it's very important what I was saying, maybe we need to underline it, that it doesn't replace clinical care, that it complements and enhances it. And I think we'll get into some more detail there. How did you become interested in this area? You have the new perspectives and practice paper that came out this year, the role and value of ongoing and peer support in diabetes care and education, you and, and, a, and a team of other researchers. How did you get interested in this area? I actually began my engagement in promoting peer support in the diabetes community back around 2010, 2011, so nearly a decade ago, which is hard to believe. I began to engage online using social media platforms, particularly Twitter, for professional purposes. I was doing it to engage with colleagues and promote my business. But at the same time, I began observing this burgeoning community of people with diabetes who were engaging and supporting each other in very new and innovative ways. And that really warmed my heart then, and it continues to when I see people, what they sometimes call finding their tribe. So this has fed my passion for focusing for many years now on promoting the role and value of peer support. So seeing this perspectives and practice paper come out is certainly rewarding. Um, but a couple more points here. In 2010, I thought it was important as I was discovering this online community for diabetes care and education specialists to learn more about it. And at that point, I reached out to a few key online support leaders, Manny Hernandez, who's leading the Diabetes Hands Foundation, David Edelman, who still runs Diabetes Daily, and Amy Tendrich, who still runs Diabetes Mind. And I basically engaged with them and asked them if they were interested in presenting at an AADE meeting. And we presented actually at the next three annual conferences in 2011 through 2014. And personally, I have found that engaging with people with diabetes breaks down the barriers that sort of breaks down that healthcare provider and person with diabetes relationship. And it really becomes more of a human 
to human interaction and relationships. So I have, you know, just been rewarded so much by interacting with many people in the online community. Um, and we've now worked together and, you know, had very productive relationships. So Hope, you know, your, your body of work over the past 10 years has really helped to spearhead the awareness and the importance of this connectedness that, you know, it sounds like peer support actually does for people with diabetes. I'd love to kind of go back and talk about, um, along with that, the complementing and enhancing uh, medicine and, and hearing about your take on the mental health of people with diabetes. And, and, and it sounds like, you know, you also mentioned earlier finding your tribe. I don't know if you can tie all of that together for us. Well, I certainly think that attending to mental health of people with diabetes is critically important. Um, you know, I've been working in diabetes for nearly 40 years now, and I have really always felt that we have not paid nearly enough attention to the mental health aspects of this very demanding disease, both for people with diabetes and caregivers. So I'm really delighted that the role of mental health in diabetes care is being addressed much more in just the last few years. I think it is really critical to person-centered care and quality of life and really good diabetes outcomes. Um, clinically and really all aspects. So engaging with others with diabetes using peer support can help people feel less isolated. And this is very true for their caregivers as well. And there's a little bit of research in that area, a little bit more focused on type one caregivers or parents in many ins instances. And I don't think we should underestimate the needs of caregivers for peer support as well. I think we have to realize as clinicians that many people with diabetes don't know a single other person with diabetes. And just knowing that there are others and that they may be struggling with the same challenges can be life altering. I've really witnessed this up close and personal. So that ability to connect with others that are that peer that's similar to them, it can really help with the mental health support that they might need. You know, what I really think is interesting, if I look back when I read your paper, there is a table in there that listed the healthcare provider support, family and friends, community leaders, and then peers. So peers is just one of a, of a whole matrix of support. But like you said, it sounds like it's an incredibly important piece. It absolutely can be. Thinking about the different people supporting people with diabetes, how do clinicians connect uh, people with diabetes that they're supporting with the right peer support groups? Well, I think we need to back up a step here um, because I think first and foremost, diabetes care and education specialists and other healthcare providers who deliver diabetes care must become familiar with what peer support is and why linking people to peer support has the potential to be a game changer in their mental health and outlook and that potentially leading to other aspects of their diabetes care. So 
up at the top of the show, I mentioned that, you know, I think if I had to guess, we did a survey of, let's just call it all diabetes care and education specialists. I'm not sure that all are even aware that there is this care piece called peer support. So I think awareness that it even exists is number one. Then I think you have to prioritize in your assessment and counseling and ask a question about the person's desire to connect with other people with diabetes. And in the Perspectives in Practice paper, um, we included what I hope are several helpful tables for providers. The first one I'll mention is table two. And this is a table with questions that healthcare providers can use to assess a person with diabetes, social support, and their interest in peer support. Two examples, and these are questions that speak to me um, that I feel like I can integrate into an assessment is one, do you know and or interact with other people with diabetes? Another one that I like is, what resources do you turn to for support for your diabetes? So just asking either one or any of the others that we have in that table um, as a very open-ended question can elicit some good information. So I encourage diabetes care and education specialists to take a look at these questions and choose one or two that feel comfortable and right for them to ask clients and get comfortable with them and work them into their client assessments. So because asking about how your clients seek and find support for their diabetes and asking about the emotional side of diabetes shows you care about them as a whole person. And this makes me think of the Teddy Roosevelt quote that is, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I think that quote fits diabetes care to a T. But you know what, Hope, I actually have never heard that quote, but I am going to think about that every day. That's beautiful. So next, it's important for diabetes care and education specialists and other healthcare providers to know how and where to refer people to peer support. This means becoming familiar with some of the peer support communities and personalizing recommendations based on that person with diabetes or the caregiver who's interested in peer support based on their needs. I'll give an example recently on an online listserv that I connect on. A colleague posted a clinical question about working with a nine-month-old who was just diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And though the point about peer support wasn't raised, I raised the question about whether this family had been referred to a peer support community. And I was hopefully able to instigate a connection uh, to support for this family by giving the clinician the name of someone to connect with who's engaged with children with diabetes. So the best frame on this for me is that diabetes care and education specialists can open the door to peer support. And it is something that clients might not have any awareness that this opportunity even exists. I think 
sometimes we get in our own echo chambers and we think, oh, everyone must know about peer support. And I actually think that it's a small percent of people with diabetes that even know that these opportunities are out there. So by diabetes care and education specialists opening this door, they can then be the bridge to connect people with diabetes or caregivers to a few peer support communities um, they might want to check out. And when you mentioned care plan, what I would suggest doing is making a note of this discussion about peer support in their chart and then follow up if you in this situation clinically on the next visit to see if the client took a next step, if they made any connection, see how it's going. Again, caring about um, this person's emotional state is very important. Ask why they have not followed up. Why not? By doing that, you show that you believe that these connections are important to their holistic diabetes care. And I think if you keep asking and encouraging, you can help move people in the direction to take advantage of peer support. You know, I I love that idea of opening the door for people with diabetes. When, Hope, do you think that diabetes care and education specialists should introduce peer support to a person with diabetes? Well, we know today that diabetes care and education specialists practice in a wide array of settings. So, you know, let's just take a common example of delivering diabetes self-management education and support curriculum. I absolutely think that educators should be looking for how to introduce peer support in their classroom situation. In fact, one of the suggestions that we make in one of the tables in the paper is invite a person with diabetes who's interested in in peer support and and sharing their lived experience, both with with educators as well as people with diabetes, invite them to come in, give them 30 minutes in a classroom situation. I think that could do a lot. You know, when I think about peer support and the, and hearing you talk about a classroom situation, you know, I usually think about social media, blogs, videos. Is peer support only online or are there like like what what does peer support look like? I mean, can you give some 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 examples? Sure. Um that really goes back I think to that first question of what is peer support? And when you look at the research base around peer support that we delve into in the paper, it's probably different than what people are thinking about in terms of sort of that everyday online peer support. So the research really pulls from either in-person peer support or technology-enabled peer support. And technology-enabled is a broad term because it really may be as simple as regular phone calls to synchronistic or asynchronistic communication. 
And I think really over the years, as our whole lives are going more digital, I think that we're going to see more and more technology-enabled peer support in the coming years. And I think we all know, we were talking a minute ago about different settings that diabetes care and education specialists are working in. And I think more and more, we're going to see educators working in the technology-enabled digital health and virtual (laughs) delivery, whatever terms we want to use, environments. So I think whatever environment one is in, one can figure out ways to just begin to just sort of integrate this concept of peer support. You know, it's reminding me of our conversation, you know, earlier when we first got started and the words I was hearing were uh, bridge and connection, and then we kind of moved into integration. I wonder, can you make a recommendation to a diabetes care and education specialist on how to get started with referring to peer support or online peer support? How, how, How do they become that bridge or that connector? Well, I think AADE has done a tremendous job in really embracing the peer support communities and working with the peer support communities. And AAD has developed several good resources that are currently living on under living with diabetes. And if you click over to peer support, I mean, to me, the go-to resource at the moment is this Learn, Connect, Engage resource. Um, This is a list of some of the better-known peer support communities. It's available in color. It's available in black and white. It is not copyrighted purposely, so people can encourage people to look at it online. Um, Personally, what I would do is I would have a number of probably black and white copies and I would use it actually to interact with that person around it. So, for example, Diabetes Sisters is a wonderful peer support community. Say you're talking to a newly diagnosed woman with type 2 diabetes, and they say to you, no, I don't know a soul who has type 2 diabetes, and I'm really young for having type 2 diabetes. So, you know, I'm seeing all these older people with type 2, you know, asking, would you be interested in potentially interacting with some women your age? So I would personalize and individualize that recommendation rather than just saying, okay, here's, here's this resource. Okay, that, that makes a ton of sense. And I, I have to tell you, before we started this interview, I did go to learn, connect, and engage, and I learned a ton. So that's at diabeteseducator.org forward slash peer support for HCP. So I hope that resource, Learn, Connect, and Engage, is is pretty powerful. And I know that there's a lot of history behind it here at AADE to how that was actually developed. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I know you were really an integral part of that process. 
Well, I think the one that you see on AADE's website at the moment is about the third edition of that. And we'll probably, over the next year or so, do another iteration. But AADE has done a lot to engage with peer support communities. Um, I would say the first sort of more official, formal work was in 2017, and it had been at the urging of several diabetes care and education specialists who had been more informally engaged. So we initiated a, a formal collaboration and the early work on this initiative is captured in a report that we can link to in the show notes. Um, I've been co-leading this effort with David Edelman, who's the CEO of, Peer, of Diabetes Daily. Um, so there was a representative for educators and there was a representative for peer support communities. Um, and the overarching goal of this effort really has been to promote a bi-directional relationship. AADE and diabetes care and education specialists promote peer support and referral to peer support communities, and the leaders of peer support communities and others promote the value of our services and referral to diabetes self-management education and support. And coming up to what's currently going on during 2019 and into 2020, um, this work has been further integrated to the work of AADE and the board. And moving forward, there's a work group of about 25 people who have been appointed, half representing AADE and diabetes care and education specialists and half representing the peer support world, and we've broken ourselves down into three sub-work groups. Each work group has a co-lead, and David Edelman and I are passing the leadership baton over to Lorena Drago and Anna Norton, who is the CEO of Diabetes Sisters. So I would encourage people to keep an eye out for news about these initiatives. Well, I think diabetes care and education specialists are absolutely the right group to be leading this charge. And I think it's, again, another example of just how innovative this group is. You know, we only have a couple more minutes left, Hope, and I'm I'm hoping to hear from you, you know, hearing about all of the support and the care, bridging, connection. Any, you know, last ideas you want to leave our listeners with about this topic of peer support? So I would say a couple things. One is it's really been my honor and privilege to do this work and to recognize the value of peer support and promote the value of peer support and help our members see how they can integrate this into the care and management that they deliver. I think we'll see more research come out over the years about how engaging in peer support can improve diabetes care and outcomes and maybe minimize some of the burden that this disease carries. I do encourage people to read the perspectives in practice that is being published in the December issue of the Diabetes Educator titled The Role and Value of Ongoing and Peer Support in Diabetes Care and education. It's a relatively easy read. It's not deep research. But then I encourage people to sit back and think about how they can take one or two steps towards integrating 
assessment for and referral to peer support into their practice. Yeah, you know, that paper was very eye-opening, honestly, it, you know, full of tools, and it really did make me think. So, and just so that our listeners know, the paper is, in, like you said, in the December issue of the Diabetes Educator, and it's going to be available on diabeteseducator.org forward slash peer support for HCP. So Hope, thank you. This has just been a lovely conversation as always. I always enjoy talking with you and we really appreciate, I know our listeners do too, you taking the time to talk with us today. Well, thank you. It's been my privilege. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Huddle, Conversations with the Diabetes Care Team. After listening to Hope, it's easy to see the importance of incorporating peer support into diabetes care and education. By assessing the social support of a person with diabetes and referring to mutually agreed upon evidence-based resources, you can support the mental health of your clients and encourage better self-management. It's critical that we work with clients to find solutions that fit their lifestyle and needs. Take the first step to begin incorporating peer support referrals into your practice and download the new Perspectives in Practice paper today at diabeteseducator.org forward slash peer support for HCP. To access other resources and notes from today's discussion, visit diabeteseducator.org forward slash podcast. The information on this podcast is for informational purposes only and may not be appropriate or applicable for your individual circumstances. This podcast does not provide medical or professional advice and is not a substitute for consultation with a healthcare professional. Please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions.